We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Strom ready. The runner will be going. And he swings, and it's a high fly to right center field. Kike going over toward the gap. He's there and calling. He makes the catch, and the Red Sox win it 2-1. to one. Well, the Red Sox took advantage of walks by Kansas City pitchers, eight in all, and four big ones in the eighth inning. Help to beat Kansas City 2-1. to one. The season series now 3-2 Royals. The Red Sox win their 70th against 74 losses. They win the ball game 2-1. to one. Red Sox review WEEI. It's KJ. Good Friday night to you. Red Sox win 2-1. And that's the good news. And let's just call it what it is. The Red Sox got to witness what we've been getting as the medicine for the whole year in these late innings from the Royals with all those walks in the eighth inning. So, like, literally where you would see a collapse 6-7-8 from the Red Sox, you see it in the eighth from the Royals, but i will be the first one to tell you, a win is a win. And so now, you, but it, it doesn't really feel like a win, you know, because you started the game, and let's just say you, you just only knew baseball in its generalities, let's just say you're on some planet, didn't know how teams were doing this year, and you handed in the lineup cards for each one of those teams, you would say which one of these teams would only get three hits and the other one would have eight hits. You're like, well, <laughs> the Royals, they look like I can't find three hits on this sheet, but they're the ones with eight hits. Then you'd say, well, who would be the one that would win the game? you say, with the Red Sox only had three hits and they still won the game? That puts it in perspective to just how crazy tonight's game was and how fast it was. Justin, producer, thank you so much for being here. Can you believe how fast that game was for like the first seven innings? Fast. And so uh, Michael Walker goes seven innings, seven hits, one earned run, four Ks, did his job. But the one run just kind of seemed to just hang and linger over everything that was going on until the eighth inning happened. So it's just kind of tough to start to see well, clearly there's no discussion of wild card, right? That's not that's the only wild card's not coming into my mouth at all. Like there's the same amount of chance of the of the Red Sox making the playoffs as they are making the World Series. So that tells you there is no chance at this point. So the question starts to become like 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 an episode of Survivor, like who stays, who goes. And so now I'll get into the Heim portion where it's like, okay, you made a couple of moves to solidify some, you know, leaking holes that were going on at the bottom of the order. But now the big blaring 
mega hole inside of this this body, if you will, is because you didn't trade Xander at the trade deadline and got back something in return. Because now you might think, hey, if Xander continued on the way he's been going all season with a contender right now, Xander would probably be in line for a ton more money, especially if he didn't sign an extension. And so now the Red Sox are potentially facing seeing Xander walk and nothing coming back. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The text line three seven ninety three seven. Does it feel like if Xander goes, it's going to put the team in a worse situation than what you see now? Right, because even when you look at Raffy Devers, it feels like some of the forcedness that we've started to see over the last month and a half might be kind of tied to okay. I know that I'm in here trying to get a new deal. If you know Xander's not here, then Am I going to be the heavy? Maybe you're hearing the talk about, like, you know, well, just people, really. You know, Aaron Judge coming. I don't think Judge comes here. I think the Yankees are like, thank you. We'll give you $300 million. So it's just really tough to peg, like, who is the superstar of this team next year if Rafi doesn't get his money and Xander decides to walk? And are we just, as the fan base, just preparing ourselves for – a team that can compete, but not at a level that would say, hey, this is clearly a wild card team, or this is clearly a team that can win the AL East, because it seems like, well, the Yankees are always going to be the Yankees. But it seems like now Tampa's running away with the formula that was supposed to be like made here as well, and that's not happened. And Toronto has gone with the young guns, big boppers, where, hey, when their money comes up, you know, we don't have to worry about like it's just one or two. They've got three or four. And so, you know, I just think about who is here now and will they be here later? So I think the Tommy Pham deal is something that, okay, because Jackie Bradley Jr. was not giving you any offense in the outfield, you've got Tommy Pham out there who will give you some type of offense. He will give you some type of speed. He will give you contact. Now there'll be hits and misses with him at times at the plate, but you feel like those hits and misses are better than what you were getting with Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, in the outfield, uh, at the plate, right? Um, I'll get to some more of the players, but I'd love to get your thoughts of who you would like to see retained and think you f- fits what the Red Sox are trying to do and eh, kind of who should go. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. It's KJ here, Red Sox Review. Alex Cora is ready at the podium. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get too many hits, but we had a lot of traffic, right? We walked, what, eight times? Well, that's something we've been talking about, but for him to get that hit is big, you know? Uh, Doogie put some good at-bats, Rafi did too. We kept the line moving. We didn't cash in, but I think the quality of the at-bats was good, you know? A lot of 3-2 counts, a lot of 3-1 counts. We walk. We don't do that often. And at the end of the day, it's base runners, right? And uh, we load the bases a few times, and we did a good job controlling the zone, and, and I mean, we cash in at the end. I mean, Judy has been a run producer throughout How strange is this your when production has been there? No, both of them. Both of them. It's not only him. You know, uh, you know, Rafi, too. And uh, we had a lot of base runners throughout the season, and, uh, you know, their batting average is, is, is not where it used to be, you know, with men in scoring position. And, uh, uh, obviously, there's more stuff offensively that we didn't, we haven't done throughout the season. But uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they're run producers, like you said, they're driving runs. That's how they get, you know, 
it's what people get paid, right? And uh, they hit in the middle of the lineup, and it's been a struggle for them with the, in, in those situations. And uh, it's good to see the big guy get a hit there. It's good to see Rafi take a walk in that situation. You know, pick everybody up, you know. Um, you know, Xander doesn't get a hit, and then Doogie walks, and we get the single. So it was good to see. Same deal. I mean, just pitching, man. It's, it's, uh, strike one is the key. And, and we haven't done that consistently throughout the season, but he's done that. And uh, you know, there's certain times that you're going to get burned, right? I mean, they're going to hit a, a homer to lead off the game, right? And, but then he can go five, six, because that pitch is so important in this game. We can talk about stuff and you know, uh, sliders and all that. But when you are ahead in the count, you can do a lot of things, uh, you know, throughout the at-bat. And uh, sometimes it's a quick out. Others, you know, like set up guys to to expand on the changeup. And uh, he had a good one today. And uh, he's just a uh, quality start after quality start. You know, it's, it's fun to watch. Why couldn't this be the case more often? No, I mean... Sometimes it's like you don't feel good mechanically. It's hard to to lay off pitches. It's very hard. And uh, sometimes you don't feel right. And, and I don't want to say you panic, but you, you expand. And when we're going good, we don't mind them swinging. But when we're struggling, we will love them to zone in in certain pitches and more in the zone. And, and you know, a walk is a hit, right? I mean, that's what they used to tell us in Little League, right? Uh, you know, and... Uh, we did a good job today. Uh, if you, I, I was, there was a lot of three twos, a lot of four pitch walks. You know, we won a lot of counts that matter, and um, that's that's a fun part of it. You know, when you do that as an offense, regardless of what you see, the two hits or one hit, whatever, you you feel like something good is going to happen. And um, tonight we did. You think you'll keep wrapping that two spot? For- I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he he's healthy. He's moving well, which is. That was my biggest worry, just sitting in front of those guys and then have to run around and all that stuff. Now he's close to, you know, I don't want to say 100%, but he, he's moving well, so we'll go this way and Doogie will hit fourth and, and see where he takes us. That still feels weird, seeing Rafi not in that four hole. I mean, I get putting him in the two, getting his rhythm back, see more fastballs, especially if you have someone on first who can move. But uh, and maybe that kind of goes into the whole, you know, how much do you pay Rafi? I mean, do you know, there are not too many number two hitters in Major League Baseball that are going to get three, four hundred million dollars over the course of their contract. You, those, those aren't those aren't your two hitters. That's your that's your three, four. Right. And so I, I just I just really wonder how much all the contract talk has affected outside of some of the injuries and nicks that, you know, Rafi's taken. But, you know, it was pretty contentious at one time just in terms of conversation, and a lot of us were screaming, pay the man. And some people may be looking at analytics, pulling out the analytics sheets right now saying, see, this is why we made the Olsen comp. You know, so, it, you know, I think some of that stuff translates. Plus, we're not talking about a guy who's like 28, 29 years old, who's, you know, kind of seen and been through a few things. This is still a very young guy in Rafi Devers. So, you know, It'd be good to see him finish strong and then see where the chips fall, where it comes with the contract. Um, you know, when Xander made the comments a few days ago, like, you know, starting to get a little bit bittersweet, you know, like, what? <laughs> like, he's kind of telling you, like, you, you kind of missed your window to get something back in return. 
And so right before we heard from Alex Cora, I just started thinking about like which players, you know, definitely would still be in the in the mix. You know, you know, like some of them are back in the minors that popped up, like Winkowski. And I think that's someone you say I can't definitely say that he's back at the major league level unless he has an absolute lights out spring. And then after that, you would have to figure: Does this guy better serve you not starting games and losing confidence and just kind of withering, or? Can you develop this guy into giving you two or three strong innings? Because I think if if that's the if that's the method of operation that this team and the pitching staff is supposed to be, then I would think it wouldn't be so much finding you know straight up five guys that can give you seven innings apiece. You know you've got to find some guys that can give you two three innings because that's how you piece it together, like bullpen day, right? It's like like leftovers at my house. You know, like these are the things we have not eaten over the last week. All of this is available tonight. Um. And then, obviously, you got Tyler Houck on the 60-day. Absolutely. You know, the Paxton thing, what a hit that is to the gut because you're thinking, like, all right, the patience level could be there for him to come in. But now, because Paxton won't be available next year, you might have to really consider both returning Waka and Hill, right? And you're talking about one guy who's 42, another guy who's 30. That's still relatively young, but now starting to get up there. Um, Now you have to think about keeping both where maybe with Paxton you'd say, okay, Whichever one doesn't perform between Hill and Waka, that's who goes. Now, like, you can't, like, if you want to have any type of, these are your two most sustaining pitchers. Like, you're like, wow, Waka tonight, Hill tomorrow night? Like, this is, like, this could be two wins in a row. So the Paxson situation with him literally getting his option picked up, working out, re-injuring himself, I, I think it was collarbone, somewhere in there. I forgot which one it was. But, re-injuring himself, and now on the shelf again for like another year. And Josh Taylor still don't know yet. Sale, that's going to be a big question mark because you're like, okay, you're coming back from a broken finger. You're coming back from this Tommy John. Like, There's so many other things. It just seems like things just continually to get worse. And, I mean, I can't think. It's been at least two seasons that Chris Sale has come straight to the team more than two years. Straight out of spring training to pitch. So, you know, you you wonder like what it looks like going into spring training, and will he make it out of there? You know, with you know with with stuff intact, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Nathan Avaldi. Like, you know, maybe you're like, okay, if Avaldi, you can't keep Avaldi, then you do make the commitment to Bayo, uh, Cutter Crawford. There's some things that are starting to figure. He's starting to figure out, and maybe he'll figure that out as maybe like a fifth starter, maybe some extended relief. This is what I'm saying. So, I get where Heim is in the position of saying, look, this team is not going to spend for top-line starters. There's not going to be like a one, two, three, and then a couple of guys. It's going to be like maybe one and a half. (laughs) And then everybody else is just kind of like, I don't want to use the word leftovers, but just called the remainders, right? And and then you start getting into relief. Bizarro, you probably see more in camp. Garrett Whitlock, yes. Schreiber, yes. Matt Barnes, you might take phone calls to see if someone sees more value in him. Um, Strom, you know, you could still rock with that. You got you got him for a great deal. I mentioned Waka, uh, Pavetta as well, Rich Hill, Brazier. You know my answer to that. Tyler Danish, you'll want to see some more from him as well as Zach Kelly and Caleb Ort. Mm, you can go ahead and walk that dog out the, out, out the kennel right there for the most part. So... There's names that you hear me saying. It's like, look, there are going to be more that you're really going to have to bring. You're going to have to bring a good number of these guys back unless they're just going to wide open the pocketbook strings. And you just don't see that happening. 
So of course, Bayo's the big hope. Like you would really hope that maybe in the in a later series against the Yankees, maybe he fans ten, maybe twelve. Then there's going to be a nice excitement from the fan base because you're like, you know what, this guy's figuring it out. This is the biggest rival. If he can perform at this level and and not really be stressed by what's going on, see him, you know, maybe extend into an eighth inning would be fascinating to see. So really, what we're seeing now is kind of like a a spring training in reverse with this team. 617-779-7937. Text lines 37937. It's KJ Red Sox review. Red Sox win tonight 2-1 over the Royals. Um it it was a, it was a slow, well actually a fast ugly game. Like usually well, usually in baseball you say fast, usually ugly is it's like wow, it's been interesting, but it was a fast ugly game that hey, you just learned how that the Royals are not even at the level of how bad it is for Red Sox fans right now. It's 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 worse than that in Kansas City. And keep in mind they they were leading after six, right? So imagine someone says, "Yeah, money line after six. Give me the you know, give me the Royals." You know, like what? And and again, I think Heim has addressed some of the position situation. Um, I mentioned Tommy Pham earlier. Eric Hosmer, you're going to see. Mm, I think maybe a little more than so far what we're seeing from Tristan Cassis as the primary first baseman. And here's my concern with Cassis at this point. Some people who have been the detractors saying, hey, look, the guy needs to learn how to hit at AAA. He's hitting like 270 at AAA, 280 at AA ball. So you're like, okay, clearly that number may come down. But you'd almost have to say if you're replacing Bobby Dahlback who couldn't get to 250, Cassis needs to be that guy that can at least in his early years get to 250. Uh, obviously, you don't you don't believe in him that much. Um and not have him up here if you didn't think that this guy could be even a little bit more than that, potentially a 270, 280 hitter with power. So I know some people are like, you know, average doesn't matter, but, you know, look, hits do, and hits go into average. And so right now, like, you want to look at the first 100 at-bats of Tristan Cassis, he's got to turn it on now, right? Because for him to hit 250 over his first 100 bats, he's going to have to hit like 345, the rest of the way to 100 at bats. So if he can get to 100 at bats, you'll be able to get like at least a small sample. It might be a little less because you know the guy can take walks and so forth and everything like that. But I mean, he still only has three hits. And so I, I, without getting into the average, three hits are not going to do it because you could have gotten that from Dahlback and possibly a little bit better. So then you start looking at what do you do with some of the pieces that have been floating back to the majors and to the minors. Dahlback probably maybe a pretty attractive piece for maybe uh, a developing double-A pitcher in one of these organizations that needs someone who has major league experience and could have some pop, right? You could clearly see Bobby Dahlbeck possibly being a 25-home run hitter with a team that's not really in contention. Well, that could be it could be the Red Sox right now. But in terms of where the noise isn't as loud as, as it is here or in New York, you know, so maybe a National League team and a team that, you know, it's just – Good to have someone who who's young, who wants to play every day, maybe even go back to third. Maybe that could be part of it as well. So, you know, I think Dahlback would be somewhat of an attractive piece for teams going into next year if that's the way you want to go because clearly he's not going to be your third baseman. And now with Cass is coming up and you have Hosmer, you, the only argument you may make is if Hosmer struggles and Cass doesn't pick it up, 
Then you're like, okay, maybe we go to a platoon situation and Bobby, come on back up. You're the right-handed bat. Uh, Jaron Duran, I think it's going to be, I think it's been a, a bit of humble pie for him, right? It's, you up, you were up here, you know, you showed flashes and then the everything, everything else wasn't really anything, you know? So you, like more people remember you for your soundbite and the Toronto game than anything that we saw in terms of growth. So Duran may be one of those people who feels like he has more value outside of the uh, outside of the the franchise, and that could be a potential chip or piece to move. Jeter Downs, you still want to see some better hitting. Franchi, mm, yeah, right. Um, you wonder where is this JD Martinez's last year? Um, possibly, you know, a lot of us thought he would be gone at the All Star break. Um, but he's still here, sticking it out, and doing, and still doing okay, you know. But it's not clearly the JD from 2018, uh, and from the guy who was, you know, dropping four bombs in one game when he was in Arizona. So, um, you know, there's still value there. Uh, Paul Equi, you wonder, you know, okay, does Connor Wong potentially step into that that catcher's position? You know, you might see that in in spring training. You know, Kike was very important giving him the extension to come back because at least there's some stability and you have a guy that can play at least five positions on the field. So if there's a hole, let's just say story is your shortstop next year. And yeah, you may want to go with Arroyo at second or, you know, you put Kike back in center or if something happens to Arroyo, you have, you can put Kike at second and not try and force maybe the Jeter down situation. Um, if he's not producing at the AAA level and showing more with the bat. So, um, you know, Connor Wong has shown a lot of promise. And with popping that bat and a little bit of speed, you know, you're like, okay, this is something that you can get some intangibles out of that you weren't expecting from that position. And, you you know, you you do wonder if, um, if Reese McGuire is still going to be part of the mix and everything says, but, you know, you, you like what you're getting out of Reese McGuire as well. So, you know, seeing Christian Vasquez go while as painful as it was in the construct of what Haim is probably trying to put together for the future, you know, look, you, you've got a guy straight off of AAA and Wong, and you've got kind of a journeyman in Reese McGuire. So, you know, maybe you've got something there where you say, hey, I, I got a couple of workable pieces, and I have a young piece coming up behind it. Now, am I sitting here saying what Haim is doing is starting to make sense? I don't know if I'll ever say that, but if I'm looking at it from a 30,000-foot level and taking my emotions as a fan out of it, I see what's happening. But I also say if you really believe that this is going to be a team that's going to compete for a pennant, that even is going to compete for it, at best this team is built to maybe be a little more interesting than what the Orioles have been this year. right? Like That would be the Red Sox consistently looking like this for the next few years. Like, hey, the Orioles suddenly got hot. Do you believe? Well, this is kind of like, it's not so much you would believe. You'd be like, can you believe? But it still, you would almost say that, eh, I'm going to support the team. You know, I'm going to support the players. They're providing a product. I enjoy it. You know, are we going to see as many wins? No. Could next year potentially be another last place AL East year? Yes, and that would be a disaster. That'd be a disaster. 617-779-7937. 
Text line 37937. It's KJ Late Night here on WEEI talking Red Sox review. Red Sox win 2-1 over the Royals. Uh, Rich Hill on the mound tomorrow. So last couple of, last few Saturdays where Rich Hill's pitched on a Saturday, it's felt like a jubilee. Almost kind of like a revival. It's like, yes, we're going to see a win today. So um, maybe this series could put some of the fan base into good spirits, you know, knowing that, you know, I think if the Yankees win tonight, if the I think if the Yankees win tonight and tomorrow, I think, you know, the Red Sox are officially eliminated from winning the AL East, like officially. Um, that magic number is two, I think, going into today. So by winning, they stave that off. And so once you start saying, like, they're eliminated from winning the division, you're like, okay, the next one is coming, the next hammer. And it's just a matter of, like, what what does this team look like moving forward? And better than this? Probably a little bit better than this. Um, As good as last year? I don't know. I think that might have been the last moment you caught lightning in a bottle. And it was unexpected. right? There were no expectations of the team last year. But you can't sit here going into this season and say, well, there's really no expectations from the Red Sox because you're not talking about, hey, you lost all these players and all these things happened. You're like, no, this team was two games from the World Series last year, and now this team feels like it's, gosh, if this was was like Premier League soccer, you feel like they were two games away from relegation, you know. It's just, it's just kind of, it's just tough for the fan base. It really is. All right, get your calls in, Red Sox. What do you think they do moving forward next year? Um, do they go out and get top tier players? Do you think Aaron Judge is really in play for next year? Do you, or do, or do you see it like as the lens I'm seeing? I just see this kind of a a middle of the road team, and depending on how fast or how big the truck is, depending on whether the possum gets squished or makes it to the other side. 617-779-7937. It's Red Sox Review with KJ here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to WEEI Late Night. On WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. What a um, great, consistent performance we've seen from uh, the class of of the Red Sox organization and Xander Bogarts. Ever since he came into this organization in 2013, he's been so reliable and just such a uh, mainstay for us. So we appreciate him so much and actually saw him uh, this afternoon and had a chance to just chat a little bit and reinforced, um, you know, the direction of where we're going and what we're trying to do. So we'll continue to have conversations with him and his representatives and um, ownership is highly engaged. John and, and Tom uh, we're around uh, all day today. We had a bunch of uh, planning meetings, so really looking forward to what will be a very, very busy offseason. The only bright spot, if, if we're not going to be playing baseball in October, is you can get a, an early jump on 2023. Yeah. Red Sox Review, W-E-E-I. It's KJ. Keep that going, Justin. Yeah, that's Xander Bogart's thing about free agency. 
help is on the way. <laughs> Pennant winner. All right. Look, that's Sam Kennedy from the Red Sox talking about, look, they're, they're going to still be in conversations with Scott Voris about Xander. But look, some of the narrative about, like, well, the, the home run numbers are down. Well, yeah, the doubles are up in the season are, isn't over. He's just off of his clip of RBIs from last year. More hits than he had last year. Uh, the biggest difference over the, over the years, and it's just been going on with him, is the runs, the total bases, right? I mean, it, it, he's going to surpass last year's number, you, you would probably guess. But, you know, you look back at 18 where he had 268 total bases and then in 19, 341 total bases. Yeah, he's not going to hit the 341. But the other part of that is um, you want people to put you on base too. Like once you get on there, you you want you would want to move station to station as well, and so that's been kind of the stagnant problem with the Red Sox this year is that look, um, <laughs> I can just be honest, boy, you can see how Mookie Betts was a cog in the wheel. You can just see it; he was the spoke. Uh, he wasn't a spoke; he was a cog, because Xander could feed off of him, Rafi could feed off of him, JD fed off of him. You take that cog out, and the wheel has slowed down. Now, I don't hear me. Don't give me all this like, well, Mookie wasn't going to sign. You, you, you don't know that. I mean, there was the same people were saying that Mookie wasn't going to say sign. The same people on the other side of the mouth was like, 35 million? No way. Yeah, how's he doing today? I mean, even when he had his mini slump. Oh, look at Mookie's falling off. <laughs> this isn't like a this isn't like a football season where like, wow, he's he's had a bad eight games. No. And so that's really kind of what you're seeing when you, what you, some people say when you take the heart of a team, you know, that that's kind of what we're seeing. The remnants are like the fans are looking at a broken heart. You know, JD's not the same, even though Rafi's has a chance to win the batting title this year. You're almost kind of like, <laughs> that's like telling me, Oh, Shohei Otani, Otani is the most valuable player on a team that doesn't value wins. You're like, you're like who cares if you're the batting title winner on a team that is nowhere near, the playoffs, or in the hunt for World Series. And so what would have been pretty cool in any other year doesn't matter when you're not winning. Awards don't matter when you're not winning. You know, this whole thing of giving someone a great reward for being in a losing effort all goes back to Andre Dawson in that Cubs year. I think it was like 89 or something like that, where they made him MVP. First person to ever be the MVP on a last place team. Like, look where we are today. But look at his no look at his numbers. Look at his look at his hairline above replacement. It's fascinating. No, it's not. Do you win games? Do you lose games? And, you know, I I think Xander's probably looking at a situation where if he feels that this organization is not really about trying to replace that cog or that heartbeat that was here in Mookie. And it's just going to be what it is now. Then, yeah, you, know, you go somewhere and be part of some kind of all-star traveling team. At least you know they try to put something together. Well, money doesn't buy championships, but damn, it looks good on day one. It looks really good when you got a bunch of stars running out there. You know, and it, and it could be one of these baseball towns that re, I mean, you know, it could be one of these baseball towns. Look, Xander is, is what we are looking for. We need some of. We need him to be the heart of what we have here. And there might be multiple spokes. 
I mean, gosh, don't be surprised if Boris isn't going, hey, Yankees, you want, you want Xander? I, that would be, that would just be disgusting. But you could say, hey, look, in a team where, well, well, yeah, Aaron Judge seems to be the guy. He's not necessarily a leader. Where you would have a leadership person there who would be a steadying force. Just wouldn't be wearing number two. I think 20's available. 20 stayed available for them. So when it comes to Xander, you know, you just have to wonder, did did Heim Bloom miss the window to try and get something futuristic in return for this guy? Or or, or is it a situation where you're just kind of like, hey, I don't know. Here's Sam Kennedy talking about if the relationship with Xander is still cool. I, I know you won't tell me any discussions about uh, negotiations or contracts or where that lies. But when you say you had a little time to talk with Xander, are those happy conversations? Is the mood still good between player and team? Always. He's he's unbelievable. He's just such a first-class professional. He actually asked me what was going on with Jurgen Klopp over in Liverpool. And he's just dialed into everything that's going on and uh, in the Fenway Sports Group world. Um, no, we, we were just talking about some ideas for how we can improve, how we can get better as a front office and things we can do to improve um, in in every area and and just wanted to reinforce to him how we feel about him. So, um, you know, look, he is uh, just, he means a lot to us, but I I think he is probably tired of uh, hearing talk and the fans are probably tired of it. So um, we'll we'll let uh, Haim and and his representatives uh, have negotiations at the appropriate time. Yeah, he probably should have been asking him like, wow, what is it like having to deal with Kevin De Bruyne every week over there at Man City? I'm sorry. If you could tell I'm a bit of a Man City guy. bit disappointed that it didn't work out with Raheem Sterling, but my goodness. Rodrigo? I'm sorry. Back to Coming back to the sport. Look, Xander's going to play it out with a smile because he knows he's in the catbird seat. He knows it. He knows that either you're going to have to back up the wheelbarrow for him to stay because... he's a face, but he also probably knows that nothing is going to be built around him. Or he goes to a team that says, not only will we pay you, but we will put people around you because we know that you have World Series rings and experiences, and that's either what we want to get back to or what we want. Hello, Houston. Correa, Correa is like, I want to come back to Houston. Nope, Xander's here. And what do you know? Vasquez and Xander have their reunion. In Houston. I think that's why he's so calm, right? Because by not getting rid of him going somewhere else and then the immediate stress of, all right, we're going to extend you immediately. And it may not necessarily be where you want to go, but where the Red Sox could have gotten the best deal. They could say, okay, we'll take you for a year and then you can make your, and then you can try your thing or what have you, or, which they wouldn't do. Or they say, hey, look, and maybe that's why Xander didn't get moved is because some teams were like, well, look, you know, you make the trade, we want to know that he's going to sign an extension to stay here and be part of a, either a rebuild or a redevelopment or what have you. But now since that didn't happen, he's just kind of like, Psh. And then I forgot how many games ago, maybe about three or four games ago, they had spotted Scott Boris at the game watching. It's just like, just have the hawk hovering over the carcass, you know. <laughs> And here's Xander on the way to potentially winning the batting title on his way out of here.
in a season that's just been absolutely brutal. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We're about to wrap up Red Sox review here shortly. Uh, still to come, we'll talk about what the Patriots, the Patriots have to do this specific thing. They do it correctly, and they can. They'll have no problem with Pittsburgh. None. But they've got to do this one thing. And no, the answer is not win, because it wouldn't make sense. So the film is, they've got to win to do this so they can win. No, this is one specific thing they have to do. That's coming in 15 minutes here on WEEI. So Red Sox winning 2-1 tonight. So that's something forward to look. That's something forward to look to. Um, but this is the Royals, and this game should not have been close. And it was just frustrating to see. It's anxious. The Red Sox just seemed very anxious those first six innings. It's the way that I play uh, MLB the show. Like I don't, I don't, I don't sit through a three-two count. But eventually, in the eighth inning, when you do not on, not in the game, but in tonight's game, good things happen. Get the bases loaded. Uh, the walk walk in a run. Verdugo gets walked. Then JD hits the single, um, scores another run, and there's your two-one victory. All in the eighth inning. So hats off to the Red Sox. They pulled it off tonight. Uh, against a lesser team, but guess what? I say this about any team, any team, they're on the schedule and they were put there at the beginning of the year. So they did what they were supposed to do today and uh, hopefully they can get it done again tomorrow against a team that, look, they're, the Royals are just a consistent man, minor league team disguised as a major league team. And that's why someone like Tristan Casas should get hot this weekend if he doesn't against subpar uh, major league pitching, then some things are going to have to be observed. Right, because it's like you got your your home run against the, the Rays. Okay, that's a good one. You got your first hit off of Texas, and then you hit the home run uh, the other night. So you know, like you, you've had flashes, but this is the weekend where you need to be able to show you can go three for four in a game, two for three in another, and then people are like, okay, okay, you do it. But if they're still kind of the slippage we're seeing. And I'm not saying that Bobby is thinking this way, but Bobby's probably sitting down here in Worcester. <sighs> See, <laughs> I could have done that. All right, we we'll talk Patriots next. Plus, um, you know all this talk about Tom Brady and his wife and all this other stuff. This might this weekend might be Tom Brady's Clubber Lang Rocky Three moment. I'll explain that coming next hour here on WEEI Late Night. Thanks so much for hanging out. Quarterback Mac Jones on Merloni Fourier. What makes Jacoby Myers so dependable? He has a lot more good plays than he has bad plays, and he just has a plan. It seems like a lot of guys on our team do too, um, and they're just trying to get that consistency up to, you know, get to his standard. I think he's like the sta- uh, standard setter. Miss Pat's QB Mac Jones on Merloni Fourier and Mego. Listen to it on demand anywhere, anytime. Download the Odyssey app and take Boston sports with you everywhere you go. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England sports original. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.